Handy History Teaching Tips, blogs in a conversational style. Handy History Teaching Tips are conversational podcasts designed to help history teachers with tips, examples and ideas about history teaching. Sally Thorne, that's me, is a head of department and senior examiner. Helen Snelson was a head of department and now trains history teachers. Between us, we have more years classroom history teaching experience than we are going to admit here. Both of us regularly write resources and present at conferences. We are proudly history specific and practical in our approach. Our hope is that this podcast will become something of a problem page for history teachers. Think of Helen and I as your agony aunts. If you're wrestling with something particularly tricky and need some help, drop us an email at handyhistoryteachingtips at gmail.com or tweet us. I'm at Mrs Thorne and Helen is at Snelson H. And we will see what we can cook up between us. This conversation is part of the series All Things Saucy. Top tips to help students use sources as evidence. Hello, this podcast is about top tips for why building wider knowledge is vital to be able to work with political cartoons. So it's all about building that wider knowledge. Um, So in this edition of Handy History Teaching Tips, we really wanted to focus on work with political cartoons. And these are really hard for so many students, but they are a favourite exam source. Straight in there, therefore, I think for tip one is to make it really clear to students these are not the same thing as cartoon animations on kids TV. Um, As history teachers, we tend to talk about cartoons and the kids, of course, might have a completely different understanding of a cartoon. And that really doesn't help if you're talking on completely different pages. Um, It's pretty much a case of um, same work, but a very, very different concept. Yeah, and it's really important too um, for students to know that they can't understand a political cartoon without good knowledge. Oh God, yeah, just try it. Um, We we tried this with our uh, trainees. Just Google a political cartoon from another country that you know little about and just look at what comes up and just rate your level of understanding um, without a good topic knowledge. And even actually, you know, a wider knowledge as well of the of the cultural mores. We're going nowhere with political cartoons. Yeah. And that, that's the reason that they're so hard is that so much wider knowledge um, is needed to understand them. Um, and I, I really think that we need to unpick that quite a lot. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, And so I think our tip two actually needs to be that you really should be building in from year seven, introducing students to symbols that are often used to represent countries. You know what your GCSE course is going to be. So you know what sort of symbols they may be going to need later on. But there's also some just for for learning for life, Um, you know, like Uncle Sam for the US. John Bull or a lion for the UK. Um, It's the cap of liberty, isn't it, that's often used to present France post-revolution and um, dear old Napoleon's hat, of course. There are so many, but I think really getting those symbols into key stage three so that they're not coming at them just before um, starting to learn content for exams is so important. Yes, I agree. And because there are common symbols for concepts as well, aren't there? Like the scales of justice and the Hermes staff with the snake wrapped around it to kind of symbolise medicine. Um, As history teachers, we we really need to identify the ones that are most likely to be needed by our students and then explicitly bring them into our teaching. Yeah, 
definitely and and connected to that then has got to be tip three which is which is make sure students know what key historical characters looked like um and therefore how they were often caricatured um there were obvious people like Hitler, Stalin and Churchill, but the students might also need to know what Lloyd George looked like, Woodrow Wilson, Disraeli, Gladstone, and I think if they see the pictures of them in, in um, from real life uh, and then the caricature, it really helps create that mental image of each of the main characters. Um, it's so important if students are going to be able to identify them exaggerated in cartoon format in an exam hall. Yeah. And so and sometimes the other thing about that kind of exam hall panic is that sometimes cartoonists use labels um, and 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 sometimes students don't read, you know, they don't look at them, but they really mustn't be overlooked um, as because they they offer so many clues. Um, And kind of related to that is that cartoonists are very good at using analogy and irony, um, which is really common to emphasise points. So um, I was thinking about the 1948 cartoon, which is labelled Do the Boys Hall, and which has a Nuremberg Bevan dressed as an old lady, force feeding soup to doctors from a bowl labelled National Health Service. And there's so much going on there. And just even down to the fact that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know that that's Nybevan unless you you recognize that his you know his initials are on the hat um, and it does look like him but you you're not necessarily going to know that unless you're from the 1940s and um, so there's so much going on in there that I'm not convinced I've even nailed down everything in there um, even the name referencing Nicholas Nickleby um, adds a layer of meaning that I don't really comprehend because I haven't read Nicholas Nickleby so it's yeah there's so much going on yeah this is why they're tricky isn't it because we've got symbolism we've got exaggeration we've got labeling we've got irony and some teenagers are better and some are worse at that Uh, we've got analogy and they're all the persuasive techniques that are used by um, political cartoonists and and we need to teach students to know about them what they are and and how to identify them yeah Um, And once students have identified um, kind of the persuasive techniques being used in a cartoon, um, I think that it's really important that they then ask themselves some key questions. So this is kind of a lot to ask students to do, but um, thinking about the the question, if, if they kind of run the trails and they practice doing this, then it becomes second nature. So I think it's important to think about um, what issue is this political cartoon about ask that what's the issue and what is the cartoonist's opinion on this issue and what other opinion can I imagine another person having on this issue so in previous podcasts we've talked about um, how you know people using the same sources can come up with different opinions well you know guess what cartoonists are people too and they have different opinions um is this cartoon persuasive uh, why or why not uh, what what in there is is kind of um working to persuade you of, a, of an idea um and what other techniques could the cartoonists have used to make this cartoon more persuasive which will get them thinking about again this sort of spectrum of opinion great yeah so our tip four is to do lots and lots of practice actually with cartoons and rehearse using those questions so that the kids are just familiar with approaching cartoons in that way when they have to do it on their own under tense situation yeah um, and I think one way to do this is to find a current political cartoon on a news topic that students are knowledgeable about. Um, and they can then practice using a cartoon that fits into both their topic and wider period knowledge. So you give them something 
modern and then they they kind of practice on other sources so right now it, it would be relevant to use a climate about school climate strikes for this purpose yeah using using a cartoon from a now topic means students can really practice looking for the persuasive techniques and, and asking questions but it also gets across the idea that topic and wider knowledge is is what helps them to do this i think that's why a lot of students fall down it's it's on the wider knowledge stuff yeah and i that it's so hard that wider knowledge stuff um and i think even more so for students who have who come from a different cultural background and so if you've got sort of your eal students um particularly so and i remember um going to a comedy club performance once in malaysia and i laughed a lot it was very funny um but some of the jokes were based on cultural references that i just wasn't familiar with so the rivalry between kuala lumpur and singapore for example um and those jokes like they absolutely slayed with the locals because they had a lot more contextual knowledge than me um so i, th I think it's kind of the same about political cartoons it's partly about knowing the history but it's also understanding the culture um in which it was produced yeah we we to try and get around this because we had quite a lot of students in that situation um with our gcse topics we scoured the internet for likely cartoons and used them in revision sessions doing lots and lots of practice at, at reading them in inverted commas and, and sometimes we hit lucky and, and covered a cartoon that was on the paper but at least often we got close to the key characters and symbols and it meant that the topics were fully learned in in context and yeah they just got really familiar and more comfortable with them yeah and i think that's yeah that if you've practiced a lot then it's less frightening isn't it i think so i do um, sometimes miss the old um, ocr gcse sources paper and um, which could be relied on for a couple of cartoons each year and usually at least one that i hadn't really come across before so um this brings me on to my well-being tip though which is naturally related to cartoons um, and it's an encouragement to look at some graphic novels. So I had a conversation with Don Cumming last year in which he professed shock that I had never read a graphic novel. Um, so I picked up Freed and Bound, which is by Warren Police, and um, it's kind of based on research from Simon Newman and Nelson Mundell. Um, and uh it's 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 a really interesting story of a man escaping enslavement in scotland um and it, I, what i really love about a graphic novel now is that it's really good for the end of the day when you're too tired for anything a bit tougher but you'd still like to read something before you go to sleep um and there's a new one um out on peterloo as well so um you know thinking of our well-being tip about nourishing your inner history nerd i can definitely recommend some graphic novels um about history for that for doing that Oh, yeah, I'd echo that. That Peterloo graphic novel is amazing. And there's a school's version online. Look out for it. Anyway, that's it for this podcast. See you again soon. Yeah, thanks very much.